and that's why you're a power mom. Welcome to the Power Moms podcast. From a medical perspective, when you go see your gynae or obstetrician at your six-week checkup, they're making sure that your uterus is contracted appropriately. They're making sure mm. that any wounds, caesar wounds, perineal wounds are all healed well. That's their main focus, which is mm. great because that stuff's pretty important. Mm. And then they usually give the, you clear, you're all good. But we're looking and definitely more in-depth, more at the how functionally stable already a woman is to go back to doing the the type of exercise that she wants. Mm. And it's also dependent on what a woman was doing during pregnancy as well. There's an element Mm. of that. Obviously, we're looking at very specific things, but a woman who's been on bed rest for the last three months of pregnancy is going to be in a very different situation to a woman who was able to continue to do her Pilates and her yoga and her hour running walks every day, sometimes, sometimes even yeah. running, you know, some weight training. That we've got to look at that whole picture because that's it's very, very relevant as yeah. well. So the mm. six week check, no two six week checks are alike. No, no absolutely no, not. Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Because and it will vastly depend on what yeah. that person's uh, fitness mm. is pre. And then at that point in time as well, because we do get women who, even if they were very fit up until the end of their pregnancy, six weeks of not doing the same level of activity can really decondition you. So getting back into gradually building up, we need to sort of sit down and talk about realistic goals, understanding the time scales, but then seeing what, and it depends on your delivery as well, vastly, right? Because if you've had a a very you know a more traumatic delivery that has caused and when i say traumatic i mean more traumatic to the pelvic floor i suppose mm-hmm. um and you do have a lot more um laxity in the vaginal walls and that perineum is not as well supported as we would want it to be we need to consider the time scale of getting back to doing exercise that puts a lot of strain that, yeah. there, there was a study a while ago where they looked at, they did MRIs on um, pelvic floors immediately post, I think six weeks postnatal within that first six week period. And then they saw that in some deliveries, mm-hmm. the trauma that was there was equivalent to significant sports injuries. And somebody who had a sports injury like that, that caused that mm-hmm. sort of trauma would be told, you've got nine months rehabilitation mm-hmm. ahead of you. Yeah. And these women are being told at six weeks, they're good to go. And that's, I think, the message we're trying to get across to our patients is that you've just got to give it time. And if you do it sensibly, usually you can achieve the goals that you want to. Mm. But we often see women who maybe aren't planning on coming for a six-week check. So they get the go-ahead. Off they go. They go straight back into running or the CrossFit or whatever they want to do. And they end up either with perineal heaviness or they end up with leaking of urine or back pain or whatever it might be. And then they come to us and they say, I don't think I should have done that. Yes, which is a shame. So we love women who are coming to us on a, a first of all, we love women who come during pregnancy in so our preparing. Ask, do you, yes. Does that help? Does that make your job easier Absolutely. when you see someone Big time. before they've given birth? Absolutely. Yeah. Big time. So we love everybody out there who is <laughs> pregnant and want to have a better plan postnatally is to really um, 
come and have a, uh, an assessment of your baseline because we can then see what your pelvic floor is looking like, what your understanding of your breathing and your abdominal control is looking like as well. Because although that's very different during pregnancy with your diaphragm being stretched and your abdominals being stretched, we can already start giving some good information on how to um, and also how to approach that first stage of six weeks of healing. We do have some good research to back up our advice in terms of what we should be doing about healing the abdominal muscles and the pelvic floor in those six weeks. So that kind of stuff. So it's very valuable coming antenatally. Yeah. Yeah. And you would hopefully stop that 40% of women who were doing their Incorrectly. pelvic floors bearing down. Correct. That's exactly, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And um, there's a lot to be said as well just from a labor point of view and understanding. I think I, I find it really helpful or I, the, the patients who have been and the doulas, they give very good feedback afterwards to say, you know, I think them understanding how their pelvic floor moves and how the control is there during labor can be a, a valuable thing. I think that's really relevant because I think a lot of women only focus on the contraction phase of pelvic mm. floor so mm. they're all about activate, activate, whereas actually we teach that the relaxation phase is as important mm. as the squeeze phase. And that brings us to another whole topic, which is talking about pelvic floor muscles that are overactive, that yeah. are hypertonic, that are too tight, right? Which yeah. we see a lot and that's as well. More of a problem, right? Well, uh, it's well, always been. I think it's yeah. just it's more identified yeah. now, and it's more being written and studied on the overactive pelvic floor. Yeah. I think, yeah. which wasn't before. Yeah. So that's where the whole Kegel thing comes very much back from. From the 1950s is very much that women were all thought to have low tone weak pelvic floor postnatally and so get those pelvic floor muscles tightening tightening and unfortunately we get still some people who advise hundreds of kegels a day yeah exactly and so yeah. we understand because no one pelvic floor is exactly the same as the other yeah. and so understanding a few signs to look out for even if you can't have your pelvic floor checked is understanding okay can i feel like tamara very precisely said there can you feel the let go the relaxation part of the contraction and it should feel important. as obvious as a squeeze so if we're all sitting here now and we think about lifting our pelvic floors when you release that release <laughs> should feel as obvious yeah. as that yeah. initial squeeze and that's what a lot of our patients say to us is i can feel it activate but i actually can't feel the release yeah. release yeah are they um are women frightened to relax their pelvic floor because they're worried if they relax their pelvic floor it's all gonna go so I don't think they're necessarily frightened, but what happens in women who do have prolapse or perineal heaviness or they're having continence, they actually unconsciously are actually mm. holding on. Right. Mm. So that's what we see. So those women come in to see us and they actually don't even know, they don't even realize that their pelvic floor muscles were switched on the whole time. And equally on that basis, sometimes as we know, you may even have somebody who hasn't had children before have prolapse, but who have a very overactive pelvic floor. And that sometimes can be linked with women who have had a chronic history of painful periods uh, like endometriosis is something that you often see overactive pelvic floor because you have visceral pain that has to be protected it's like when you have back pain and you have your muscles all spasm around that and so it's similar picture and equally women who have had a history of chronic back pain or have had a, a big episode of sciatic pain 
the pelvic floor can be because it's a surrounding muscle of the area may get also yeah overactive and so tight it's and a tense. muscle it's a it's a muscle very important for women in childbearing years but it's a muscle for everybody it's even a muscle for men Muscles. Yep. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's absolutely. You might have to get today. Karen Edwards on your podcast <laughs> yeah. to talk about the male pelvic uh, <laughs> floor. Um, and can we talk some scenarios regarding the six week check? So we've gone into quite a lot sure. of depth about what you look at. But mm. so if somebody's had their second baby and they came to you after their first baby, they might say, Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw tomorrow, it was fine, and I, I know what to do. <laughs> should, should someone still come back after having a subsequent baby for their six week check? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, any patient who's seen us after their first, they, come. they, they all come back. <laughs> they all <laughs> they, they know what we're looking for. And, but it's great because, as Monica's already said, then we've got information of what their pelvic floor was like previously and we can do that comparison we can give that reassurance hopefully mm -hmm. um, but yeah it's it's super important this is important at every stage in our lives and even when we go through menopause we tend to have a change again in our pelvic floor mm -hmm. health and then often women want to check in but we actually you know monica said we love seeing women when they're pregnant we also love seeing women before they even preconception yeah. yeah before True. you know before you ladies have not got time to see <laughs> <laughs> the two busiest ladies in singapore <laughs> oh, yeah. but it just it does make a big yeah. difference so in, really an ideal world, in an ideal yeah, everybody world through every stage. Yeah. that's right yeah. in an ideal world i mean i think i that's my personal anecdote in terms of family life and already having a teenage daughter that is uh something that starts from young age i mean we know that pelvic floor education starts from children because when we're asking our children to be potty trained and to and to understand how to control if they need to hold on and and so forth and not educating them to go to the toilet and have a pee just before you go out of the house even if you don't have an urge those are things that we're training and educating girls and boys about their pelvic floor and their continence but with teenage daughters you know when they start contemplating the fact that they may need to put a tampon in if that's something that they want to go and do sports and they want to understand that whole conversation has to start from that age as well.